We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17-14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Three seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Far. Lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. And or did he cave in the catch at the 15? Yes. What are they gonna roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? Rogers in trouble. It's gonna get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone! It is caught for the win! Richard Rogers! With a walk-off touchdown. The final snap of Super Bowl 45. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra, your Green Bay Packers podcast, a proud partner of the Eurostep Podcast Network and the Blue Wire family. As always, and after such a long time, a week, Jordan. I am your host, Numak, coming back at you with another pod, uh, this time talking about the Monday night matchup against the Raiders. Raiders. Jordan, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I think that we got suit as well. Yeah. A lot I, of garbage that we had to sift through, and hopefully we're out of the garbage. I got to be super mad about the Packers and then have like four days of peace, and then I got to be super mad about the Brewers for two days, and now I'm back to peace. So <laughs> we had a break between my a break between my anger management classes and therapy sessions I needed. But regardless, uh before we'd hop right into the the matchup against the Raiders and some other news and notes, we gotta hand out some cheeses because that is what we do. So Obviously, with the absolute thrashing that came with last week's game, there wasn't a whole <laughs> lot of uh, of high spots to hit. But there was a couple uh, guys that that did the most with their opportunities, and uh, they deserve some cheeses. So first up is Romeo Dobbs. I think receiving his second and or third cheese, Jordan, correct? 
If I'm mistaken. Definitely second. I'm not sure if it was three, but I think it was two. I think that this is two. Yep. So nine catches for 95 yards on 13 targets. Dupree well that way was really the only really super productive uh, specialist this game. Um, so shall, I think sh- that's a career high uh, amount of catches, by the way. Is it? We love to see it. Yeah, he had eight eight in his rookie year. That was his high, and I don't think he had nine, eight or nine, any of these weeks. Yeah, nice. Nine and ninety-five. Nice. Also, the most yards, career high night. There we go. Good for Romeo. Definitely earning worthy of a cheese. Then, um, second up on the list is Rudy Ford. No, right? We should pick, we picked Rudy. Yeah, I want to. I want to make sure I. I, <laughs> I, I was guessing. Second guessing myself there for a second. Uh, Rudy Ford. <laughs> get it out. I know. I. I was like immediately. Second we pick Rudy, Rudy Ford. Do we, we, we pick Rudy Ford? Um, two different tackle totals for box scores. Uh, ESPN has him at eight. This the app I use had him at nine. But regardless, he did have the interception and a pass deflection as well. So, um. Good on him for showing out. He had a couple of other mistakes late, but I still think that turnover was obviously big in the first quarter, that first that first throw. So hopefully he can build off of that and actually become somewhat serviceable in the secondary because Lord knows they need him. <laughs> yes. Not his fault that the Packers didn't do much of anything with his interception. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, good game. Uh, second highest rated Packer on PFF. Behind old Rashawn Gary, obviously a massive disparity in snaps. Right. Um, plays a factor in that, too. So, yeah, good game by Rudy Ford. Not so much of a great game by the Packers overall, but yeah. Right. Um, and our last cheese was a debate between the punter and the kicker. Daniel Whalen had uh, five punts for 250 yards. Not too bad. 52-yard uh, average for the punter. But the cheese instead goes to Andres Carlson. Uh, two for two from for field goals. One of, I believe, 39 yards, right, Jordan? And then the other one was 50? 34 and 50. 34 and 50. So um, showing off the power of the leg and just nailing some kicks when we needed some points on the board. So hopefully there's more uh, more of those, more of where that came from, from, from Anders Carlson. So yeah. now that we have that game behind us, <laughs> um let's get into some news and notes and before we head into the preview of of this week um the first thing is that there is some sad news uh the person who designed the packers logo john gordon uh the creator of the g passed away this week at 83 years old uh, designed the logo while he was a student at st norbert's university right there in De Pere. um and he worked part-time as as an assistant to the equipment manager Gerald, quote unquote, Dad Brasher. <laughs> I don't know what kind of nickname Dad is, but that that's very funny. Um, the logo came from uh, a directive from uh, Vince Lombardi himself, saying, or by the way, Brasher, who suggested that it be a G in the shape of a football. So for you watching, for you people's watching on the YouTube's, oh, there it is, there that. Jordan, there it is, there. That's a uh. A pretty nice G. I, I think I I like the initial. I like the OG. I think I like the OG. I like the the uh, oval shaped football one versus like the round. I think like 
we might just be like sick i should say sick used to the the regular one that like the current yes. one but i do like the football shaped uh the g now the now that like you we mentioned it's football shaped the, the current g looks like a rugby football yeah or like an aussie yeah like kind of like you know what i mean like yeah it's a very if i try to throw the current g i think i would probably throw it like nathan peterman at <laughs> a pick six i can't even get my hands right no it's like a hoagie it is it does look like a hoagie so there's that um yeah just uh a general i guess legend a, a very not well known legend amongst packers fans i didn't know about him until we heard i heard the news this week so um yeah sad but a legend passing nonetheless i'm sure the, the packers will have some sort of um dedication to him on site somewhere if it isn't already in the hall of fame it was because I love I'm a sucker for this stuff. So when I saw this terrible news, I was like, oh, there's a name to this person that made this logo. And I've read a lot of Packer stuff in recent months. And I couldn't find like how they where did this G come from? Because it had to come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And obviously it should not be a surprise that it came during the Vince Lombardi era because he's just a very <laughs> everything about Vince Lombardi is like it sounds of like a legend, but it's actually true of just like he just was a very forward thinking person in a lot of ways, and it could just be like, hey, I want to put a a logo on our helmet, right? So people know Green Bay Packers. It's something so small, and yet. And the fact that it was like the story is they're like, oh, we're going to make this. Can you draw this football shaped logo with the G in it? John Gordon comes back the next day and like, there's the legend. It's very just like cut and dry of like how it was made and commissioned. And then now that is the most iconic thing to come out of the state of Wisconsin. Right. (laughs) More or less. It's more or less like it's not even not even uh, maybe close to Miller or something like that. But like. Yeah, so it, either Miller or the G, but I think it might be the G. I'm not really sure how popular Miller is worldwide, but there's people around the yeah. world that know the Packers. Yeah, and that it's stuff like that that is just like that's really cool because it just comes from literally nothing, and then it comes becomes something <laughs> becomes a pretty big something. Yeah, one um, of the bigger somethings ever. <laughs> yeah, of course, and. Learning about this, there's a great video um, that ta- that it centers on John Gordon himself. This is like from ten years ago or something, and he just draws it like it's like nothing because it is. Uh, <laughs> but he talks about like the creation of it, and there was some controversy over if it was him that designed it or it was this Gerald Dad Brasher, this guy who tried to take credit for it and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. There's always like I remember reading an article on the Athletic about a few years ago. This is when the Brewers are making their really good playoff run, not the last like four years playoff runs. <laughs> um, and it goes into the story of the ball and glove logo, and it's a really the. I recommend people reading it because it's it's not what I expected at all. And it's very interesting in a lot of um, unfortunate ways. 
Um, the basically the guy didn't really like the creation that he had, and yada yada yada. Anyway, but I just like learning about this stuff of like how something just comes to be and everything like that. And it's when you read these stories, especially of that time, it's a lot more just like, yeah, someone told me to do it and I did it. Yeah, you know I mean? the, like the the marketing behind it all wasn't really there. It was a lot of just like, yeah. eh, I kind of got bored one day and I decided to make a logo. <laughs> yeah, everything was a right. lot a lot simpler. Like, just logos weren't intricate or anything. Like some of them were intricate. Like it was either super simple stuff like like the G we got going on here. Otherwise, it was like the the old Buccaneers logo where it's a full on face with a sword in its mouth and everything, or the old Raiders yeah. logo. And you need like the the popular thing with like soccer. I think even the Bucks did it. There's these expla- explainers of why something's like this. Why what the color of this is? It's good land green or stuff like that. Like right. There's so many. It's just like it's so funny to me that like in the nineteen. 19- yeah, we just want a G on our helmet. He draw it, and then now like. <laughs> I don't even know what the equivalent would that be. Maybe a podcast logo because that's how it was pretty easy for us with maybe all of our logos. Well, that's kind of the thing too. Like this pulling up like context of like what it used to look like. Um, this is the the old Patriots logo. Yeah, like nineteen sixty. It's just the cap of a Patriot. Just the hat, and then it goes immediately into the most intricate thing you could ever possibly imagine upon a helmet. <laughs> Like look at all the shading. Person on there. <laughs> look at the look at the crazy eyes of the original Patriot. Oh my has. god! It's it's he looks like a zombie. He does look like a zombie. <laughs> That's weird. So like for what ten years they had or no I'm sorry thirty years they had just the, the wildest logo ever. They decided to go simple. What do they call it? Pat the Patriot or something like that? I think I it's something like that. Patriot Pat. Yeah, something like that. Um, but yeah. That ends up just going back to the G that is just super simple. So, yeah, good on uh, good on John Gordon and Gerald Brasher, depending on who you want to believe. But I'll choose to believe John. John Gordon. <laughs> I'll believe the art student. That's right. Exactly. Not the uh, <laughs> the equipment manager himself. <laughs> so, um, anything else in news and notes, Jordan? I don't think so. Head right into the uh, notes from from uh, practice. Uh, do we want to talk James Robinson getting worked out and then? Oh yeah, we probably should. Yeah, former Jaguars running back, right? James Robinson, I'm pretty sure. Jaguars, Patriots, Jets. I don't remember him with they, either of the the two former teams or the two latter teams. He he jumped around a lot last year, and then I think he jumped on with the Giants, and then they cut him before the start of this year. Mm. Got it. Got it. Got it. But yeah, the Packers worked out James Robinson on the practice squad or for the practice squad this week. Um, ultimately, did not sign him. Instead, signed uh, safety Christian Young to the practice squad. So, um, I don't know what to make of the James Robinson workout. I wonder if um, they're looking to make a change between Emmanuel Wilson and. Um, like Emmanuel, I'm sorry, Emmanuel is not Patrick Taylor, but I think it'd have to be Wilson. Like, I don't think they cut Taylor at this point, considering they already called him up three times. They'll probably need him again, kind Which of thing. Seems, yeah. Right. 
And so it's just kind of, of curious as to what they think they need a new running back for. You know what I mean? Like, it's just an interesting workout considering they already have Aaron Jones. They're not, I would be hard pressed to believe they're cutting AJ Dillon. And then Patrick Taylor and Emmanuel Wilson. And so maybe they haven't seen Emmanuel Wilson. They want to get him off or something. I'm not really sure. So. Yeah, I mean, I think we would be more. Um, what's the word? We'd be more curious about it if we knew that, like, oh, they don't have Aaron Jones. They don't have AJ Dillon, at least for this year. Mm-hmm. Like, they have. They're. They're pretty set, even though that their running attack has been god awful. Yep. So, like, it makes sense in theory to work out James Robinson, and obviously, you just want to see what Juicy has left because it's bounced around a lot of teams. It's currently a free agent. Are they better off signing someone someone that has some level of pedigree, even if it was a flash in the pan, versus sticking with what they have, which has not worked so far? Right. I don't know. I don't know if there's. I don't know if there's exactly a clean solution to this this year if it trends the way that it has. Um, but, yeah, that that's kind of where I stand with it. And the fact that they didn't sign him right away, they signed Christian Young to the practice squad um, instead, kind of just makes me think, oh, that was just a, you know, passing thing and yeah, pay no, pay no attention to it moving forward. Right. Um, Christian Young went undrafted this past spring and spent the summer in Seattle, um, made his way onto a quote-unquote freaks list from Bruce Feldman. Um, RS score as a safety was not good. Um, 3.21 as a safety, but he ran a 4, um, 4 6 40, uh, which grades out well as a linebacker. I'm not really sure what kind of context that gives, but um, 6 one He's not huge, not super skinny either. Tall enough, so he'd be he's taller than Jair, <laughs> for what it's worth. And linebacker height. Right. Um but yeah, played five seasons at Arizona, um, where he was all over the field. So might just be a, a special teamer for sure. So we'll see if that gets out Zane Anderson or anybody else. So yeah, who who knows what they're gonna use him for. He might just be a practice squad guy for all that for all intents and purposes. Yeah. So Jordan, now should we move on to the to the preview for this week? Yes. Perfect. 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 We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Um, news and notes from practice. Um, Eric Stokes was designated for the return off of the physically unable to perform list. Um, he now has three weeks to, uh, or I'm sorry, to come off the PUP list uh, to see the field. They started the process to get him off is the, the proper way to say that. My apologies. So we'll see. We have this week against the Raiders, a bye and then the Broncos. Yeah. So I, I think it's after that. I'm trying to think what is three weeks from now as I pull up my trusty three calendar. weeks from Tuesday. That would be, or, or is it the game? I don't know. I'd imagine from when they take them off of it, frankly, I'd imagine yeah. it's like when it, when it runs. So that so... would be the 24th. So he'd be coming back on the, the end of the, uh, end of the season game, which I don't have a, the schedule in front of me. So my apologies, but the sooner we can get him back, the better. It doesn't have to be three weeks, notably. It just has yeah. to be within that three weeks. Those 21, yeah. Yeah, that, those 21 days. Um, the Vikings game, I think, would be the first game he could come back in. Mm. Which might be important, considering they have Jordan Addison and Justin Jefferson running train on, just, on just some secondaries. Just a little secondaries. bit. Of, just a little <laughs> Um. He did he speak to media earlier this summer? I think he did, didn't he? Yes, because he was there was a lot of optimism that he would be able to um practice during training camp. Then it was kind of quiet. Turns out we learned why it was quiet. Because Eric Stokes was ramping up. He was going to start doing the full workload. Turns out he had some hamstring issues, tightness, uh, a bite, as Aaron Jones called it a couple weeks ago, um, and therefore it delayed his, you know, I guess workload and ramping up and stuff like that, and obviously played a part in him going on the pup list to start the year. Um, I did see a tweet of his on Tuesday that he compared the first day of practice like the first day of school, which is nice. Been a long time since we've seen Eric Stokes. Been a long in a time. Football setting. Long time. It and hopefully he gets back like sooner rather than later, right? Like, hopefully he has like I'm sure he has lost some of that speed. I would be shocked if he didn't, just because of the nature of the injuries that he uh, and the hamstring and the hamstring that he sustained. Like, yeah. it, it's just a going to be a sad reality. I think that he just might not be as quick as he once was, but 
here's to hoping he is kind of thing. Like, it would be pretty important for, for him in his game itself just to not lose as much speed as uh, as he had pre-injury. I'm trying to I should look up his RAS score quick just to see what he had coming out of college because I think he was pretty darn fast. Um, coming out of college, out of Georgia, 4 3 one. That's fast. That's fast. That's fast. So, hopefully he I can. Do that. You can do that. You can do that, Jordan. Hold on. Yeah. We're we're not passing over that. <laughs> I. Oh boy. <laughs> we should do a GSPN forty race. No. Yes. No. Oh no. And see, we go go find a, a vacant high school football field, and just. Have have a forty race next time Adam and Andrew visit. I bet you know what I will say this though I'm a pretty good kicker. That has nothing to do with how fast you can run. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> you should do a a GSPN combine. GSP yeah. I'll, I'll, In the middle uh, of April for opening day. <laughs> move the sled. Um, I'll throw a I'll throw a ball in a bucket. To throw a ball do in a bucket. Okay. Yeah. Any who's will be. Four three one for Eric Stokes. Hopefully that isn't impacted too much by his injury, where it's a significant drop off. Um, I'm sure there will be a drop off regardless, though. So, twenty one days from now, we'll have more information, at least or at the latest, twenty one days from now, we'll have more information on Eric Stokes. Um, other big injury news before we get to the injury report. Um, Elton Jenkins has returned to practice. Um, I think he practiced a little last week, if I'm not mistaken, but I don't think he was. I forget if he did, but he's for. I can't remember what it was. He for sure practiced this week um, already on what's today Thursday, yeah, because today was the first day of practice, like recorded practices. Um, I just my my brain soft locked for the first second. I don't know what happened. <laughs> he returned to practice uh, since spraying his MCL against Atlanta on that AJ Dillon run. Um, Jenkins did not commit to being available for Monday's for Monday night's game. Um, but he didn't say that he felt no pain while practicing. Is that is that appropriate? He did say, sorry, that was my Okay, opinion. I figured as much, but I didn't want to interrupt my flow of my sentence as my brain already soft-locked once during that, <laughs> that, that segment. I also liked how you said he injured himself on an A.J. Dillon run. Well, listen. We know how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> we do, but we're not going to talk about it. Yeah. So, um, fastest prologue, right? Exactly. Honestly, um, I would not expect, I would not expect Elton Jenkins to play this week. They have really, yeah. I would expect them to hold him out for the another two weeks they have until they have to play the Broncos. Do you know what I mean? Like, he only. I understand it, it but they're already doing. If he's already, I mean, not to skip ahead, but he was a limited participant today. Right, but we saw in week two Watson and Jones be limited in practice, and they didn't play. Jair was limited. He didn't play. Like, I think they've been pretty cautious when it comes to injuries this year. Yeah, and that is also the the Packer way. Right, but like two weeks from spraining your MCL of a man that, I forget if it was the same knee or not, but that has already had ligament surgery in, in his knee and tanked him a season i'd imagine that they just play it safe they probably understand their expectations a little more than 
they have been in previous years. So it's not like they need to rush him back. Of course, it he's a critical part of that line. But mm. is winning a Monday night game against the, an AFC opponent on the road really that important when it comes into the context of the larger realm of the year? Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, do you don't like do do you get that? Like, yes, this yeah. game in for all intents and purposes is just a football game. It doesn't have playoff implications like down the line because it's an AFC game. It doesn't have like this you big have implications if you make the playoffs i would argue what do you this mean it's a must lose game or must not lose game yeah like i i agree that they want to win the game but i think that they've had a long week to prepare for this knock on all the wood you can that they can properly game plan for with and without him and go about it that way cuz if you play him this game and he either one re-injures it or aggravates it to where it hurts now again while he's practicing. That's bad. He he ruins the two-week progress, maybe is out longer if he re-injures it, as opposed to just yeah. running with one more game without him, giving him two weeks to heal without having to practice hard, and then having him be healthy for the now 13-week stretch of the season, week 6 through 18. So... Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, I could see him. I would anticipate him not playing, frankly. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. This is just how they do things, and it's, it's going to be what it is. I want him to play. I want him to be 100% healthy. I want him to play. But the I... Lines, right. The line's a little rickety right now. Oh, you're right. Like, it, it's rickety, but at the same time, do you want one game of ricketiness, or do you want now 13? Or twelve. My apologies. If you want, you don't want to be compromised going forward. Exactly, because more than they are. Because that, like that's the reason. Like that's what I'm saying, right? Is that they have two game. They have two more games against NFC South opponents. Yes. They have. They have the easiest four more games. The schedule. They the Packers do. Yes. So then the, they have two games left against NFC South opponents. Four games left against. NFC North opponents. Three against AFC West. Yep. Which is a tire fire division outside of the Chiefs and sometimes the Chargers. Right. But then, um, I believe, double check, the their other two NFC games they have left. I think they play the Giants, don't they? Yes, yeah. they do. So they play the Giants, and there's one more year missing. Maybe not, though. The Rams. Yes. So... Those, like, two games, which the Giants could be an important win. Like, having him be healthy for that length of season, more important than playing him against the the Raiders. Is my overarching point. That's a good point. That's a good point. Thanks. Thanks, Jordan. <laughs> um, practice squad, or not practice squad, my apologies. Injury report, since we can transition ever so smoothly from one to the other. <laughs> Uh, Packers injury report. Uh, this is just for Thursday, since that's the day we are recording. They still have Friday and Saturday's practice to go, so these are a little more tentative than we usually talk about here on the pod, but as is the nature of things, Packers have a long injury report. An optimistic one, but a long one nonetheless. Jair Alexander, 
recovering from his back injury as we um or as i will talk about in a second limited participant in practice today um he's i'm gonna i'll wait we will talk about jair in like two minutes i promise but more jair news coming briefly uh he was limited participant in practice zane anderson hamstring he's a dnp devonja campbell with an ankle is a dmp rudy ford with an oblique injury is a dmp um, as is John Runyon with an ankle and now a groin injury. Um, so not good for the line there with the ricketiness that we talked about. Um, yeah. Further players that were limited were, were Elton Jenkins, as we talked about, and uh, Aaron Jones. Same thing for Eric Stokes, Zach Tom, and Christian Watson. Uh, Luke Musgrave is out of concussion protocol. He was a full participant on Thursday. And Carrington Valentin was a full participant with a bicep injury. For the Raiders, um, Devontae Adams did not practice with a shoulder injury. He hurt it on a rough tackle where the I think the linebacker or the corner whoever tackled him put all of his weight on uh, Devontae as he tackled him. Just a, a football injury, nothing like malicious or, malicious or yeah. anything like that. Just kind of like when uh, Eric Kendricks hurt Aaron Rodgers all those years ago and broke his collarbone. Like, there wasn't a driving force in Tay's injury like there was with Kendricks, but just landed on him wrong, and there there it went. Um, Max Crosby was a limited participant with a knee injury. Um, Jacorian Bennett, a corner, has a hamstring and shoulder. He was limited. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, out of concussion protocol, I believe. Uh, limited participant in practice. Uh, Nate Hobbs, cornerback, ankle, was limited. And then Max, Kels, Max Kuntz, my apologies, uh, groin injury was a limited participant, and then David Long, a cornerback, was another limited participant with an ankle injury. So, a lot of uh, secondary injuries there for secondary for the uh, for the Raiders. Yes, which could uh, there was go ahead other like new little tidbits. Rob Domowski of ESPN relayed that Malifaux said that Devontae Campbell is likely to miss this game more than more than likely will miss this game. They would like to have him back for the Bronco game. No, is that Bronco game? Yep. That's, yeah, that's, Bron- that's yeah, the so one after sense. the bye. Lord. Yeah. The schedule's futzing with my brain. <laughs> um, he also said Rudy Ford could practice tomorrow, Friday. Um, and I believe, yeah, I believe Jimmy Garoppolo is slated to start, according to Josh McDaniels. Yep, Jimmy G is slated to start from what McDaniels had said. So they won't have, I think, Aiden O'Connell was his name. Yes. Or it was last week. Um, so we'll have to face. <laughs> there was such disdain. Well, Aiden O'Connell. I'm pretty sure he was undrafted, dog. Or like a sixth round pick or something. Like they, The backup to Jimmy G was a. Uh, now I'm curious. Just to make sure I'm giving a man his due. Um. I prefer my backups to be fifth round picks. To be what? To be fifth round picks. <laughs> Fourth round pick. My apologies. Wow. Oh my god, his picture. Okay, I. Oh. Are you th- sharing it? That's what. That's what I'm doing. Look at. Okay, th- I'm not gonna look at. It. I was just about to type it in. Hold on. Hold on. What? Hold on. Look at this mustache. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, I can't see it there. You can see it top left there. That is yeah, a, that is gross. That is a mustache. Can I open up an image new tab? Oh, I, I can. Need it to load. <laughs> uh, 
Uh-huh. Audio listeners, you are missing out oh on some God. content. Look at the mustache. There's a lot of like separation <laughs> right there. Right in the middle. <laughs> well, whatever that's called. He doesn't have it. He doesn't have it. <laughs> Where did he go to school? Um, He went to Purdue. Which yeah. tracks. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a real boiler maker to me. Yeah, he's... Any who's will be. <laughs> It'll be Jimmy G. Thank the Lord. Oh, God, look at that ugly mug all day long. <laughs> um... So let's get into a little bit of the uh, the preview of the the Packers Raiders uh, game itself. The series history: the Packers are up eight five against the Ve- uh, Las Vegas Raiders all time. One and zero in the playoffs. With that one um, that one game being the Super Bowl two victory, thirty three fourteen over the then I think Los Angeles Raiders. If I'm not mistaken. They were they would have been Oakland at the time. They were Oakland at the time. Okay. Yeah. Was, was Howie Long there when that was a thing? Like when in uh, 19- Super Bowl two? Yeah, I don't know how Howie be- Long is. I believe that would make Howie Long like almost ninety years old. I think the I think that is he played during the eighties and nineties. Ah, there we go. He's he played. He probably played when they were the Los Angeles Raiders. That might have been his entire career. He is sixty three. What what year is Super Bowl two? Nineteen sixty eight. I okay. believe he would have been eight years old. <laughs> Um, (laughs) notable game in Packers history when Favre went into to Oakland and played it the night the day after his his dad died so yes that's a uh, a very important night Packers enter two and two and the Rays are one and three what what are you laughing for I'm sorry I'm sorry it is a very memorable game it is I didn't have anything else I don't know anything I know. else. <laughs> I know that's what that's why I'm <laughs> laughing. You're just like, yep, we're going back to the going right. back to the step. We're not gonna talk about a uh, a man currently facing charges of welfare fraud, so I just had to make the mm. <laughs> that's we're all doing I got. A podcast with Jason Whitlock. Right. I that's I that's all I have to talk about is his the night against his Raiders in two thousand and two. Three. Damn. Anyways. Packers two and two, Raiders one and three. Um their lone win, a one-point victory over the Broncos. But then they lost to the Bills, Steelers, and Chargers. That one-point victory over the Broncos, not a strong win. They would get them. I picked the Chargers. Sorry. picked the Chargers in Bart Winkler's Survivor Pool last week. I, I understand this Chargering thing a lot more now. Oh. Where they, they like they just build, do. Get these... They get these great leads and then they just blow it. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at like the game cast on ESPN. I'm like, Devontae Adams is the only weapon that they have. We saw the mustache of Aiden O'Connell. <laughs> You're telling me that they're about to come back and beat the Chargers? And then uh, I believe it was Asante Samuel that picked it off and kind of. I... Justin Herbert was playing with like. Did you see his hand? I did see his hand. <laughs> yeah. I think you're missing the the hot like the headline from last week. Do you did you see how many sacks Khalil Mack had? Yes, he had six. He had sacks. Six. six. Sean Gary is ready to eat. Yeah, that that'll be an important important bit of this <laughs> of this game is 
can Rashawn Gary match the, <laughs> the the fervor that uh, Khalil Mack set up last night? Uh, Aiden O'Connell sacked seven times better. last week. My word. So, regardless of it all, um, we've gotten to the injury report, gotten to that. So, let's talk, I think, the only place we really can start is Devontae Adams. Like, obviously, former Packer, I think, leads the, yeah, leads the, the franchise in receiving touchdowns. Yes. Um, just, what a, what a player, right? Like, just... I miss him. Do you miss him, Jordan? Because I miss him. Yes, I miss him. I I, <laughs> I I paid a premium price. If I made, if I had a choice between who I would have liked to see a Green Bay Packer last year, I know who I'd be sticking with. Versus, yeah, Oof. I can't say disagree with you. No. I just didn't know we were going there. Yeah. <laughs> also, like in terms of a spectacle of. Uh, Green Bay Packer, it's not a far level. Nothing will reach that of like former Packer playing Packers with his new team. Mm, got it. There's not going to be another level of this. It, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to play that long for it to be a thing. Mm, no, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't, may, yes, no, maybe. Like, depending on who they face in their random games every year. That's true. Like, but, if the Packers finish third this year and the Jets finish third, like, maybe they, uh, the NFL's, like, slides the envelope into the uh, the AI machine making the, the schedule and just schedules that, that game. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, hell, they, yeah. they, they schedule, I know the Chiefs aren't a, uh, aren't one of those games this year, but the, um, the Giants are, the Rams are. Yeah, and like that's those were two good games last year. Like the Giants game in London wasn't a a good showing, but it was a good game. It was yeah. close, and it was like a payback game, I guess. If you want to talk about like it's it being scheduled this year, and yeah, like it's just I don't know, maybe maybe. I'm just saying. I think as long we don't know how long this kind of reset will right. be. It's going to be a while unless if they somehow play Aaron Rodgers within the next year or two, and depending on what how he looks, if he's still playing in the NFL. Right. Like, these these legends of... Devontae Adams is a Packers legend. Mm-hmm. We're kind of phased out from that. Like, we're, we're getting a little bit removed from that in terms of productive guy who leaves the Packers and then might, you know, want to, uh, you know, get a little revenge. Right. No, I, I get it. I'm just, I was just curious as to, I guess, the overarching point you're making, but I think I got it. So, um, I was also going to joke that I was like, you're, you're telling me that Ryan Longwell kicking for the, the Vikings coming back into Lambo wasn't that level of. of it kind of was, though. It kind of was, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, Devontae, obviously, like we had mentioned, just an absolute monster of a player. Um, he only is here. He's tied with the Rams rookie Puka Nakua for having the most targets for the first four weeks of the season at 50. He has 33 catches for 400 yards and three touchdowns. That's crazy. Four games. Four games. 
Like it. One of those games was again, Aiden O'Connell. Yeah, was his quarterback. And that, like he, there was some talk after he left that like he might not get the the share of passes that he got from Rodgers in Green Bay. That that's not true. That that didn't happen. Like, no. I don't know where we thought that was going to happen, that people weren't going to throw to Devontae Adams, but watching him play football is so much fun, dude. Like, yeah. I just I just love watching that man play football. Um, he has 51.5% of the Raiders' air yards. Jordan, that is a bonkers stat. He is the plane. He is the, <laughs> he is the engine to the offense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, like, obvious, no... obviously, but the stats are, like, just wild with that. Yeah, it, it's hard to in. I would say it's hard in football unless if it's a team like the Raiders that are is one in three and they just depend on these really outlier guys so much to like get them a chance to win football games. Devontae mm-hmm. Adams is like on another level of like whatever concern there was of you know signing that next contract. Oh. Big money to a franchise, you know, that's a franchise level player. Right. He's shown it. Yeah, he's, he's shown it. He's definitely showing it. Everything else might not be great, but he's showing it at least. Yeah. And he signed there to play with Derek Carr, then they shipped Derek Carr off. But yep. um, who, who knows? We'll see. But uh, we aren't the only ones that uh, are aware of Devontae Adams' presence in Vegas. Um, Obviously, Jair getting healthy is really big for that. He'll probably be on Devontae Adams should uh, Jair play. Should be. He should be. Him or, I guess, him <laughs> or Razul. I could see I could see they, them putting Razul on him, but I don't think Jair would have it. I think he would rather commit crimes to Joe Barry than not guard Devontae Adams on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> um, but obviously, like, Tay is a little taller than he is. Um Zool kind of matches up a little better with him, but I just don't think Jair is going to let that happen. Um, notably, Devontae Adams and Jair played so long together, and um, talking about this is from uh, Bill Huber as they fade over to, to the screen where the picture didn't load, so that's cool. Um, headline is Devontae Adams ready uh, for, quote, monster, end quote, he helped create in Jair Alexander. And the, the quote down here is is awesome. Uh, this is from uh, Devontae Adams about Jair. Quote, I won't say I had nothing to do with it, but I I didn't create that monster, but he definitely turned it into one. It's always good to see a player, especially a highly touted player like that, gift drafted in the first round, didn't realize his potential live up to it. It's fun to see, and it's definitely going to be fun to play against him. Like, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Like, I think them going at it in practice week in, week out was a lot of fun for them and then mm-hmm. now they get to do it for real in a uh in a in a game in a nationally televised game where they both can really showcase their uh their talents to the best of their ability against another all pro player like between Devontae Adams being all pro and possibly the best receiver in football or Jair Alexander at once two years ago I believe all pro level corner and pro bowl corner last year. Like it's going to be a fun matchup and it'll be one to, to watch almost always the entire game. Move over Taylor Swift. There's new entertainment for the NFL to watch. It's going to be 
Jair Alexander might be like very. I have a prediction that he's going to be very just like all over the place. It's going to be chaotic. Um, that comes with good and bad. But I hope that he uh, locks down the former Packers All Pro wide receiver. Yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Just to. It would be very nice. <laughs> <laughs> um. Same thing with Aaron Jones. I won't switch to my browser for this one since it's hard to see in general. But um, this is from Ryan Wood um, on what Devontae Adams's mentorship meant to Aaron Jones early on in his career. This is um, Aaron Jones's rookie year in 2017 when Jordan and I recalled the running back room of that team. And it was Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and Ty Montgomery because that happened in 2017. Um, this is, again, from Aaron Jones, quote, it meant a lot. Devontae was a role model to me, somebody I looked up to like a big brother. He took me under his wing when I first got here. In the receiving room, they had a thing going, a little ongoing bet on who was going to come out as the running back because we had three at the time. Again, Williams, Jones, and Tom Montgomery. Uh, Tay picked me, and he let me know and he let me know that. He'd bump me sometimes, like, hey, go prove it, or I'd make a play, and he'd be like, that's why I chose you. Just little things like that to do a lot for my confidence to keep me going. Then as I kept going, kept having success, he'd stay in my ear, keep pitching me, give me things to be successful, things that helped him. So I view him as a big brother. I love Tay, and I'm excited to see him. So just like, just really cool that there's these two players that I love as Packers. Like Aaron Jones, obviously still just being the now veteran leader that he is, and Devontae Adams, the all pro, pro bowl, like amazing star he was, and just great dude that he was. Seeing them kind of like, into this world they kind of meshed together and became two of the most important players of their eras in Packers in Packers history just have that relationship it's cool to see as a fan because I hadn't heard that story before no me neither um yeah again he was as big of a reason why Aaron Rodgers won back-to-back MVPs oh yeah you know the the latter half of his career um, and yeah, franchise leader in touchdowns. I want to say yardage too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Devontae has is great. It, it sucks that he's not a Packer. Um, you can trade for it's him. It's gonna be could could wouldn't uh, wouldn't hate it. Would not hate it. Wouldn't hate it much. But at all, um, actually. yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I'm I. It'll be very interesting to be on the other side of it of like, oh my god, this guy's gasping us and all he has to do is just do one jab step to get open and he's got a 50-yard touchdown or whatever. Um, notably, we misspoke earlier. Uh, does not lead the um, the Packers in receiving yards or touchdowns. Don Hudson has 99. Devontae has uh, 73. Um, and I should have, yeah, I should have gone touchdowns. Yep, and then yards is still Donald Driver um, at 10,000. Mm. Then, so that's just catches. Um, catches... He nope. definitely broke something. I think he did, but I don't know what. He did reach 10,000 yards in his career last week. Yeah, which is, again, still crazy. Yeah. Um, He is second in catches behind Driver. Second, He's Damn. fourth in yards behind Driver, James Lawton, and Sterling Sharp. Um, so still just an all incredible player for the Packers in history. So yeah. regardless of it all, um, 
Oh, you know what it was? I, it might have been single season touchdowns. Yes. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Let me hold on. I'm just gonna. Double- I remember. I remember it was either. It, it is one of the 2020. Was it 2020 or 2021? 2020. 18. I remember that being a big thing at the time of him getting that. Yeah, he he tied Sterling Sharp at 18. Um, yes. and then single season receptions. He 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 holds the top two spots at 123 and 21 and one one fifteen in 2020. So, still crazy, crazy, crazy production. Um, but as it goes with Devontae Adams, they still have Jacoby Myers, who they signed the Raiders signed from the Patriots last year. They'll be tested by the Packers secondary too. Or Packers secondary will be too, will be tested too by Jacoby Myers. He's been playing well this year. I think mm-hmm. like besides um besides Devonta Adams, he has been like the highlight of that team so far. Jacoby Myers has because Josh Jacobs hasn't been good. They haven't been able to run the ball, which we'll talk about a little later. But um, two touchdowns, eighteen receptions, and two hundred yards for Jacoby Myers through four games. Like that's not bad. It's not bad at all. It's a good one too. Yeah, he's definitely a two, but. It's a good two production to have, frankly. Mm-hmm. So, there is that. Anything else on the pass catchers? Anything else you want to talk about that way in the passing game in general? Um, I think the, the, the short intermediate passes from Garoppolo are going to be a problem, I think. Not a problem, but something to watch out for. Yeah, I mean, again, it doesn't... It's Devontae Adams. He alone lifts up a rookie quarterback or a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo who... For all his faults and everything like that, he still can get the ball to good players. Right. And that's still a problem. Um, yeah, I <laughs> we'll get we'll probably we'll we'll save some for later, probably players to watch, I'm guessing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um moving on to the other side of the ball for the Raiders. Max Crosby is a freak. Freak of nature. Um, excuse me. Raiders have seven total sacks. Crosby has four of them. Um, Chandler Jones, I believe, got released after battling some mental health issues that have been bubbling since the beginning of training camp, I believe. Hopefully he gets right. It's been pretty messy. Messy, if you've been following on social media, it's not great. So, prayers, thoughts, whatever sort of belief you want to Go for that way up the Chandler Jones. Obviously, great player. Hopefully, he gets right soon because you hate to see those kind of things happen. Um, mm. But coming off of the Lions game, where the Packers let up 22 pressures, like against again, that's a talented defensive line. It's going to be quintessential and very important that the not quintessential. That's the wrong word. Essential. I'll just go with that the Packers can protect Jordan Love because we saw what it looked like when Jordan Love had a, had a crowded pocket. He just wasn't able to to get throws off. Yeah, I mean, the problem with where the Packers come in to this game, the other injuries, again, you mentioned it, 22 pressures against the Lions, not good enough at all. Um, it's a it, Going into this year, we marveled at how the Packers were able to protect Jordan Love in preseason action, mm-hmm. which comes with a lot of caveats. But we said that will be the key for him to succeed is just having enough time to diagnose where players are on the field, reading coverages, all the the good stuff. 
Um, and increasingly, at least last week, we just saw when the damn <laughs> everything just fall like boils over, and they can't protect him to save a lick. Mm-hmm. He's rushed into bad throws. He had two picks. Ironically, we as we mentioned uh, in the postgame pod, had his highest completion percentage of the season so far. Right. But a lot of that was, you know, they're probably dialing back the pressure when they're up 24 to 3 or whatever it was. Exactly. So, yeah, I think that's where a guy like Crosby, who is, again, an all-pro level talent that we're talking about, him and Devontae are kind of just like these singular presences on this Raiders team that is largely just kind of bleh. Yeah. Um, well, even then, but, like, Josh Jacobs led the lead in, like, scrimmage yards last year, and he hasn't been Yeah, he was good. really good, and then... I don't know. Contract year stuff always gets yeah gets kind of messy, very messy. But a guy like Crosby, the reason why I am a little uh, nervous is that he can be. He's not just like put me on one side of the ball and I'll rush after the left tackle or whatever. Yeah, he's got a guy that moves all around. Looking at his like snap count and on PFF and everything like that. He has like an almost an equal distribution all over the field. Mm-hmm. So this guy is literally like a matchup nightmare, and will they'll put him on players that they think that he can win these, you know, matchups. Yeah. And considering the state of the line, where we're hoping and praying that Elm Jenkins plays, but we also know that it's more than likely that he won't be playing. John Runyon had an ankle injury. Now he has a groin injury. It's it's getting a little dicey. So. Max Crosby alone might be enough to just wreak havoc on this Packers offense. We see it on the other side of the ball where Rashawn Gary is responsible responsible for so many sacks and he's playing half the snap counts. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think it's definitely like between like Max Crosby, Miles Garrett, Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, like these elite pass rushers, they've been yes. doing it more and more where they just move across the entire line and try and find that weak spot where they have the most success, which is like a really awesome dynamic player to have. Like when you yes. can line up your best pass rusher against their weakest part of the line, no matter what, because they have the ability to pass rush the A gap, the B gap, or off the edge. Like that's just such a useful player to have. And Max Crosby is that player. Yeah. So, well, that'll, yeah, it'll be important because if, the line is as rickety as that's the that's the word of the podcast, folks. It's rickety. Rickety. <laughs> if it is as rickety as it's kind of scoping out to be, they I think you this could be the game where they call up Patrick Taylor, sign him to a deal, cut Zane Anderson, and he's just on the roster at that point because they need a signet. They need a good pass blocker and picking up. Picking up, like that. picking up blitzes and things like that. So or just pressure, just pr- yeah, just pr- a- pressure in general from Max Crosby and the rest of their line. So I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if we see that news come through this week. I wouldn't be either. Yeah, I was kind of shocked that it didn't happen last week. To be honest, frankly, yeah. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, I'm going to go out of order. Jordan on our doc. I'm going to go down the takeaway since this kind of has to do with, with the uh, mm. Raiders defense as well before we get into like Packers-centric uh, stuff. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Raiders have forced just one takeaway this year. Uh, interception by Trevon Mooring. Um, well, I'm sorry. They have generated a turnover every four drives. You have to explain that set that you found to me. I just might be reading. So it's turnover percentage out on pro football reference. Mm-hmm. Every four, one in every four drives of theirs ends in a turnover. Oh, they're turning the ball over so yes. much. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Their turnover differential is negative nine. <laughs> no. That is unsurprisingly the worst in the league. Nine through four games is crazy. Garoppolo has six picks already, and he played three games. Holy moly. Yeah. That's not that's not great. No, thankfully our so this this team coughs up the coughs up the ball, doesn't really generate takeaways either. Right. So they're kind of living in no man's land. Granted, one of those games was against the Bills, who they the Bills just clobbered them right. thirty eight to ten. But yeah, that that's going to be a big thing if if. Whoever wins the turnover battle, yeah, which it should be the Packers if that's if any indication. But um, Love threw two interceptions last week. I'd argue both of them weren't entirely his fault. Um, threw one against the Falcons week before, so Packers have a plus one differential. Um, three picks and a forced fumble. Um, again, compared to the three interceptions Love has thrown, so yeah, that'll be big. That'll be really big, I think. So, with all that being said. Let's move on to the offense. I think, first and foremost, can the Packers make big plays? It's been kind of the theme all year. There's kind of two themes. Can they run the ball? Can they make big plays? Yeah. And it's kind of, sort of, not really both, depending on... I guess what you really want to qualify as a big play, but I guess limiting big plays and just having big plays has been like, I guess what the Packers have faced this year. So again, for you, YouTube watchers switching over to the Chrome to to, to some tweets. We're in the Chrome. That's right. This is from Marcus. uh, I think it's Mosher. Uh, Big plays through week four and way, way, Way down here is the Green Bay Packers. 16 total big plays. Five of them rushing. uh, 11 of them receiving. A rush yard big plays, 10 plus yards. Receiving is 20 plus yards. Um, They are the fourth worst. The only... (laughs) The three teams worse than them are the Patriots, the Bengals, and the Raiders. 
Not good company. Not good company. Um, like it's just if I want to like put some context as like the teams were around with down here. In this orange section, before it goes into like the middle teams, the bottom like third is the Buccaneers, the Jets, the Panthers, the Steelers, the Saints, the Jaguars, the Packers, the Patriots, the Bengals, and the Raiders. Besides the Bengals, who are dealing with a hampered Joe Burrow and just really feeling the effects of that calf injury and his inability mm-hmm. to escape the pocket and make plays happen, there's the rest of these teams aren't good. This isn't good company to be in. Yeah. Like It's not like the Packers are just choosing to throw short passes or choosing to throw or to run just little gaps to get five, six yards every time. They can't run the ball and they're not getting a whole lot of um, like big plays out of their passing game. Their passing game is in like the average of big plays. They have 11 of them, like as I said, which um, would be on par with the Ravens, uh, the Bills, the Commanders, the Cowboys, and the Saints. But it's just, they, I think they need bigger things to happen, right? And that's where the importance of having like Christian Watson come back and it'd be a, a actual useful player in the game because he wasn't—he was kind of gone out of that game last week against the Lions. He just wasn't really there. He had the touchdown yeah. catch, but I think that was really the um, the the extent of what he kind of did the entire the entire game. He wasn't really around too much more than that. So then, I guess conversely, uh, the big plays allowed aren't. They're not not doing the best with that either. Um, most no. explosive plays allowed in twenty twenty three weeks one through four. Packers are sixth with twenty eight. Like they're tied with the Bears, and they're in the company of the Broncos, the Bengals again, the Chargers, the Colts, the Bears, and then before it gets into the yellowish orange, Carolina and the Giants. Like again. Not the best teams. The Chargers kind of sort of, but you talked about it last week. The Chargers are charging. Like, yeah, th- this isn't good company to be in when it comes to just football in general. And the Packers have found ways to win despite this narrative thread being a pretty important thing that's happening on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Yeah, especially offensively. I mean, the thing about this offense, especially when we see week one, it's this, you know, <laughs> almost like this crowning achievement. There's a lot of uh, ammunition going in, especially from the Bears side of, you know, rivalry is reignited and all that stuff. And Packers just put a statement victory all, all the which way that you want to put it. Ever since then, they've been kind of just been. You see the progress, but you don't see the results or the execution. And it's very frustrating because I think we see something working offensively. The running game, not. Jordan Love has been had, again, not to belabor this point, but it just happening a lot where he. So much is put on his shoulders to literally drive the offense when things aren't working to the same degree that we expected going into the year with the run game, with A.J. Dillon, with 
you know, having a healthy Aaron Jones, which has been, you know, obviously a question mark. Um, with the offense, it's just frustrating that they can move the ball or these decisions that come back to bite them. And a lot, I don't know if those plays where he throws a, you know, a deep bomb to, to Tavian Wicks on the first drive of the Falcons game. Is that counting a big play? Because it was. I don't think it is. Moving the chain. I don't think it is. I don't either. think it is. Excuse me. But um, that moves the ball. It gets him in scoring territory, whatever way you want to put it. It's just been frustrating to see the self-inflicted errors that have come up repeatedly with this young team in terms of just false starts, holdings, offense penalties, um, some decisions. Again, the Falcons game looms large and stuff like that. The first half of the Saints game, first half of the Lions game. It's just been very like if they could turn it on or you the they're turning off the faucet. Like if there really is no in-between with this team. Um, and then I guess that is to be expected, but the, we're just we're riding the extremes a lot right now. And we just would like to see something go in the middle. Yeah. Um, for what it's worth, that guy posted the code that he ran to get that data. And it does not include penalty arts. So we, we figured, but yeah, it does not. Which Because it, it would help them a lot more. <laughs> it would help them a lot more, but I also think that, I guess that's more of a play issue than a, it's more of a quality of play issue from Love and whether he's underthrowing balls or things like that versus like actual shots on the field and things like that. But, yeah. Um, Marcus Peters is the guy back there for, for the for the Raiders. He, he's really the best guy they got. Um, he and Ja'Cory, uh, Ja'Cory and Bennett have each allowed 200 yards um, through the air in their first four games. Like, that's not good, frankly. Like, you can... And how many... You mentioned him on the injury report. You mentioned Nate Hobbs, their slot corner. Yeah. Who has been targeted a lot to start the year. 20. 20 times, second most. Their whole secondary is pretty... Besides Peters, is pretty banged up. Yeah. You would think that they have a recipe to kind of cure what has been ailing them. You you just like made me pre angry. Oh yeah. You think I, the, you, th- you think, think they would have you think they would have a game plan to attack the secondary. You think. You think. But what do we know? Not not much. But um <laughs> Yeah, if if Nate Hobbs is or isn't going, I think Jaden Reed will be a guy to watch. Like preview might be my packer to watch given this information, but um 15 catches, 11 11 hold him only 111 yards and a touchdown given up through the first 4 weeks. Like Jaden Reed is fast and he's a he's a good ball player. Like I I wonder if he could really eat this week against um what is a pretty Decimated, I shouldn't say decimated. Well, injury ridden and just it's, not it's good secondary. At least. Right. So, um, notably, as we talked about earlier with the with the uh, the penalties and the throws on the field, um, Love is five for nineteen on throws that are twenty yards or more. So, not the best, but there's also some penalties mixed in there and things like that. So, it it has to be like I think that's like the biggest game part of his game I'm more interested in seeing develop is his long ball. It really needs to come on, like, I don't want to say sooner rather than later, because he's still a first-year quarterback. 
first-year starting quarterback. It just kind of needs to develop slowly, right? We see this number get better and better as um, as we go along, because otherwise that'll be a pretty limiting part of his game, given the weapons that we have right now between Christian Watson and Romu Dobbs and guys that can fly downfield. I think it's a lot more fair to people for uh, people that have criticism criticism of Jordan Love if he's not able to convert these big throws when Christian Watson is healthy and has more snap counts because that's the guy that's going to help him. Right. You know I mean, like it's that simple. Like there, there are a lot of faults with this wide receiver core as of now. There, it's again, we're it's a very young team. And we're relying on them to win football games. That's not a recipe for success. Mm-mm. No. So no. when you have a guy like Christian Watson, yes, he's a second-year pro, but when healthy and when used properly, he can be a difference maker. And Jordan Love, you know, we just want to see you just want to see the tools around him to succeed. That's it, and yeah. players included. I wonder if they do the same thing that against the Vikings week one last year, where they just send Watson a go route and have Love bomb it. Do first play of the game. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the bring bring Allegiant Stadium to their feet. Mark Davis looking through his binoculars. You got to make sure you get his uh his his, his bowl haircut hair out of the way. His bowl bowl. That's right. Um. Anything else on the uh, the big play meter? Or should we move right to the run game? Even though that's like burying the lead. I want to go to the run game. Let's burying the lead on this matchup. Burying the lead is correct. We probably should talk about that first, but regardless, <laughs> um, the run game matchup of this 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 game on Monday. I said it pre pod. I'll say it again. This is a movable object versus a stoppable force. <laughs> The Packers. I'm already, I'm already not looking forward to this part. No, um, the Raiders have the fewest rushing yards uh, through the first first four weeks of the season. Meanwhile, the Packers have allowed the third most rushing yards through the first four games of the season. Um, just having coming off of 211 yards total from the Lions. Um, Josh Jacobs, as we mentioned earlier, held out uh, throughout the off season to try and get his franchise tag. I believe ended up signing it or signing a different contract that was like not the franchise tag, but pretty much. I think it was. I think I looked it up. It was a franchise tag, but it was a, something strange. Yeah. Regardless, because Barkley had Barkley had a one year contract, but it was not the franchise. Tag. Okay, I must have had him backwards then. Yeah. If, but regardless, yeah, there was a lot of running back drama. A lot this of running year. backs that did not get paid. Right, and Jacob, Saquon, John, Jonathan Taylor were all in the very mix of it of trying to figure out their deals for this year. Um. 62 carries, 166 yards. Um, that's 2.7 yards a carry, which is about equal to AJ Dillon for levels of production, along with the touchdown. It has just one carry um, up 10 yards or more. 18 catches and 173 yards. This is a year removed from when he was the league leader in scrimmage yards. Um, I'm pulling up his stats quick, but I'm pretty sure he was well over 2,000 last year. Um he had 1,600 yards rushing and 400 yards receiving. So, yeah, 22,053 total yards last year to go with... Um, I'm trying to find his touchdowns. No receiving touchdowns, but he had 12 rushing touchdowns. Like, just a dynamic player that is just not showing it this year. They had, and the Raiders went 6-11. and 11. 
I mean, that's the Derek Carbonell, right? That's just crazy. It, it it is crazy. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, but I think the the biggest thing is just can the 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 D lineman really get it going and try and stuff some holes? It does Joel Barry do anything of substance to stop the run after they just bled yards against the Lions, and it it just who knows who knows kind of thing like it, it i'm i'm not excited i'm not i excited. have the quote <sighs> go for it dog so joe barry um packers coaches met with media on monday of this week given the extended weekend lafleur talked about i think scouting they took they took something it doesn't matter <laughs> Um, basically, Joe Barry goes strolls to the podium after allowing 211 yards to the Lions on the ground and was asked about his struggling run defense. This is from Acme Packing Company's uh, Justice Mosquito. Uh, thank you for uh, transcribing what is about to infuriate Newback and I. Joe Barry says, it's not one thing that you can pinpoint. It's one thing on this play. It's another thing on this play. And then there's 30 runs that you play really well. So it is a number of things, but we got to correct it. We will correct it. We're exploring everything right now. When we're in one of those games, we have to put our foot down and stop it. (laughs) So fucking sick of it, dude. That sounded like he was killing a snake, which the Brewers did not do. Um, Go listen to Cruising for a bruising. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Joe Barry. I actually, I want so that's like his quotes. I want to bring up what Tom Silverstein um tweeted or xed from that said press conference because that may be more uh infuriating. Yeah. Joe Barry said he went back and watched all four games and then rewatched all 42 runs from the Lions game and said there is not one specific thing not working. When you're at a tip type of game like that, you have to be able to do something structurally, and we can and will. Which is like that is bonkers. Bonkers. <laughs> Just bonkers level of like we there's something structurally wrong with our defense, but we can fix it and we will. Like He's like the flex brother, man, and that's not happening. He says there's nothing structurally structurally wrong, motherfucker. You built the damn defense. We see the base or mall. We see that just the hole. Oh my god, I'm just I'm just so I, I I'm just so sick of him, Jordan. I'm the the platitudes, the everything like. When you're when you're in a type of game yeah. like that, you have to be able to, to do something structurally, and we can't, and we will. You've had what? eight months, <laughs> eight months, to make a game plan for the run game, and you just can't. Like I just don't get it. And not one specific. It's there's not one specific thing not working. We can and we will. Remember. When Lafleur said that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again when it comes to the run game, I don't believe a word he fucking says. 
No. I wouldn't be surprised if Josh Jacobs has a career game on Monday. I Well, that's the thing. I'm bracing for whatever is ailing Josh Jacobs. It, he's going to find it on Monday night. God. It's just so dis, disheartening to see just such a stupid quote come from a such a frustrating coach. Like, there just has to be something different, and he's not going to find it. He just isn't going to. Vanilla bean like Hagen Dass, Joe Barry. <laughs> I'm just gonna start calling him Hagen Dass. I just I just don't know. Like obviously you have to have players that can stop the run and like if you're going to get like they they invested a lot in the pass rush on their line. And I think they just need guys that can play the the rush and hopefully that they can coach guys to stop the rush. Like this should be something that is coachable amongst defensive linemen and pro players, like being able to shed blocks and stuff holes and things like that. I don't know. But he, he, we talked about last week after the post game, it's been bad for so long that it, somebody has to be able to fix this. And it's how they haven't scoured the coaches in college and in the pros to find someone that we, that has a proven track record of being able to stop the run game and hire them is stupid. It just is. So, yeah, there's well, there's no way around it. If it, 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 it doesn't have to be this, the, again, we're we're going with extremes. It's either you're going against a Bears team, yep. who I know as we're recording are uh, Blitz Creek Bop and the Washington Commanders, um, but you're either playing against a team like that or the Saints that. Again, didn't have Alvin Kamara. They didn't have J- Jamal Williams. You can only play against the team that you see in front of you. Mm-hmm. Those are not those are games that they, you know, contain the run. They weren't gashed by the run. Meanwhile, when you play against teams that are built to beat you with the run, whether it's a guy like Bijan Robinson who's this rookie dynamo, or David Montgomery who is a very steady running back that just <laughs> does what he always does when he plays the Packers. It's it's no in between. Mm-hmm. We're not even asking for like, just just clamp it down. Just clamp it. That's it. That is it. Don't don't have it be this like ungodly amount of rushing yards where you again they gave up two hundred eleven rushing yards against the Lions. Yeah, like I won't even be horrible. I won't even be upset at like an eighty yard like even like a hundred yard rushing game. Honestly, like yeah. it's better than it was last week. The standards are very low in terms of just like what we expect from the Packers run defense. Oh, the bars and the floor. Yeah, and this again, this is a multi-year, almost multi-decade problem. Problem. Yeah, and it, it's it exists beyond Joe Barry. It exists. It existed beyond Mike Patton. It existed beyond Dom Capers. It's just this is how. For whatever reason, the Packers just are are unable to stop the run in how modern NFL offenses operate. And it could be a, a guy like Josh Jacobs, who's a year removed from being the rushing leader. Or it could be a, a dual-threat quarterback like Michael Vick in it's January in 2003 and you're ripping home or ripping the hearts out of Packer fans at Lambeau. Or Colin Kaepernick or Russell Wilson or yeah, literally who is who is the running back for the Niners in the 2019 championship? It was Mostert, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Mostert. Yes, Raheem Mostert. Yeah, same idea. 200 yards. And 
I, yeah, it's too much. That's that is the thing that is ultimately like we're not. It's it's going for these all time performances. Yeah, there's no in between. There's no in between. It's mind boggling. Yeah, it really is. So, mm. um, Aaron Jones doesn't expect to be on a pitch count this week. So hopefully we see a lot of him. Good. Knock on wood again. I will. Let's have a little friendly wager. Just a, a little thought exercise. Over under ten touches for Aaron Jones. Touches the football. Touches the football. I I'm gonna go higher. I'm going under. I'm not getting my hopes yeah. up again. I just don't think they do it's, it. It's fair. Like it's I I just with I bet you this is also like if you we think about what we just talked about with the passing game being so um important against this this team. I could see, uh, I could see it just becoming Aaron Jones not touching, uh, not touching the ball, and I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, you just sent me a fun little, little tidbit. Going going back to your Packers Raiders. Packers Raiders history. I, yeah. Ah. Uh, in 1993, against the Raiders. Uh, Leroy Butler creates the Lambo leap, December twenty sixth, nineteen ninety three. What a uh, what a fun little tidbit! Little, what a fun little mini rivalry we got going on with the the Raiders. A pitch <laughs> from Reggie White that was crazy. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know that either. Yeah, he, Reggie White had. A, I've always seen the ending of the play, not at how it actually happened. Reggie White strip sacked whoever is the quarterback here. If I can try and rewatch the video to see the name of the back of the jersey. Um, but a strip sack from, I can't read the name, number Evans? 11, maybe, but, oh, it was a pass, my apologies. I, it, it was a strip sack, I just got that entire play wrong. Somebody tackled, a receiver, Reggie White pitches it to Laura Butler. What a, uh, what a fun time. What a, what a good play. What a, what a moment in history. So. All right, Jordan, anything else on the run game, anything else on this matchup, anything else at all from... From you. Oh, we got to do Vince. We got to do Vince Evans. Vince Evans. There you go. Never heard of him in my yeah, entire life. Let, let, <laughs> let's close it out. Let's close it out with the with our with our staples. Our players to watch and our score predictions. So, folks, inside baseball, Jordan fucking made the document this week for previewing the Raiders game. And at the bottom, we have a little section, players to watch. And what do I find when I open up the document to see that Jordan has already claimed one of his players? Even though I'm pretty sure it was my week to start. If I'm not mistaken, because we do this every yeah, other week. Right. I'm pretty sure right. I am right. But go ahead, Jordan. Who is your player to watch? One of your players to watch. It can be your player to watch, too. No, no, no. We've never done that. Uh, we always do four different players. Devontae Interesting. Hmm. He's a one-man wrecking crew. He is a one-man wrecking crew. He, uh... That's, I, I, I don't think I need to address Packers fans for why Devontae Adams could single-handedly win this game. Yeah, more or less. Um, for me, I think I'm going to go for my Oakland player... Let's go. I wrote Mark. Oakland. I didn't write Las Vegas. Oh, you did. Yeah. You you're screwing me up. <laughs> Las Vegas. 
for Vegas. I told it. I it just. I'm still getting used to the same I'm thing. Old. Old. Uh, for the Vegas Raiders, my apologies. I don't know how long I've been doing that for. The entire episode. That that. My bad, folks. <laughs> I think I said Oakland many times. Um, that's that's really funny. For me, I think it's Marcus Marcus Peters. I think seeing how he matches up against whoever the one is this week, and if they can actually really attack that that secondary, like because if they can attack Marcus Peters, they can attack the rest of the secondary, and that'll be a critical part of their offense this week. I think so. That that's my 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 Raider. He feels like someone that might go on Romeo Dobbs. Maybe. I don't know enough about I don't know enough about his game to be That like, is also true. Certain, certain. Like if he's yeah. more of a Jair or a Razul kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Who's your Packer? Aaron Jones? Yeah. Like I just want to see this offense operate functionally. That's all I'm asking. Like, I know they scored 20 points against the Lions. And I'm not counting that. Like, the last 17 don't count. I'm not counting either. I mean, the they last, did the make a goal of it late. But, like, I just want to see what this offense can look like when healthy. Oh, and, yeah. You know, they're, they're getting closer to that than, you know, Basically, since week one, but yeah, Aaron Jones is good. again. This it's make or break, hope floats kind of, kind of thing. Where if he's running on all cylinders, getting the ball, more importantly, then I think the Packers just have a better chance of winning this game, mm-hmm. which they cannot lose. I this is a must not lose game. Um, my my Packer is Christian Watson. I, I just want to see him have a good week and really kind of like have a, not a career game, but like touched on a hundred yards. That'd be nice to see a big play. That'd be nice to see like really so show a connection with Jordan love and showcase what this could be going forward into the season, even though it is going against a depleted secondary for the Raiders. Yeah. Sneaky, sneaky guy that I was originally going to go with, but wanted to go with more of like the strong link kind of player. I think Luke Musgrave is going to have a big game. He might. I'm not. I, I would be happy for that. I'd, I'd love to see him have a good game. And Has he had a touchdown yet? I don't mm-hmm. believe he has. He hasn't. He might have caught a two point conversion, but I don't think it's a touchdown. Calling it now. Yeah. Luke Musgrave, first career touchdown Monday night. Book it, book it, folks. You, heard you have a prop bet that you want to do? Charge it to me. I will accept that money. <laughs> um, score predictions. The always meaningless score predictions. God, I... You don't get to go first. You don't get to go first. <laughs> you got Devontae Adams. I get to go first. <laughs> uh, 31-14. Packers. I like the conviction. I just think with that turnover differential, the lack of consistency on the defense, if the Packers offense can start clicking, that they'll be just fine. But they need to be able to protect the quarterback, and I'm kind of leaning on them being able to protect the quarterback. Now you can I go. think 
Thank you. <laughs> I think this is a game that they should win soundly in a lot of ways. I also just think shit happens and, you know, I, I, I value what is proven more with guys like Devontae Adams, with Max Crosby. Mm-hmm. That's about it with this Raiders team. Josh Jacobs, historically, not this year. But again, you face this Packers defense, you might look like freaking Evan Smith in 1990. Just maybe. So, yeah. Um, I'm going to go Packers win. I'll go 27, 27-21. I think it's going to be a lot closer. You think so? I think it's going to be agonizing. 27-21 Packers? Yeah. All right. Anything else, buddy? We should get out of here. No, I'm good. I must see a win, for God's sake. Gotta see a win. A, a must-not-lose game, as you would say. Mm-hmm. Um, MNL. <laughs> um, as always, folks, little little uh, promotion, promotion stuff, gspn.info is where you'll find all things Eurostep Podcast Network. The Discord link, you can come join the Discord, Discord talk Bucks Packers and what the Brewers might do in the offseason. Uh, their run is over. Um, speaking of the Brewers, go give and Adam and Andrew a listen on cruising for a bruising after the disappointing end to the Brewers season as they lost the Diamondbacks. Um, they did a great job. They'll be hopping in some more this offseason to talk any sort of moves, whether or not Craig Consul comes back, um, whether or not Corbin Burns gets traded. <laughs> <laughs> there'll be a lot of stuff though, to yeah. talk about this offseason so go hit that uh that follow button over there and go listen to some agonizing talk about the brewers but they did a good job they did a really good job on today's podcast so go check it out um the Eurostep released a new episode with ty and rohan they talked um media day with uh damian lillard talking last week and Giannis Giannis's re-signing possibility and why he's not resigning it this year and will do it next year again will do it next year is what he said because he likes money is what he said <laughs> so go check that out um as well as um just their latest talk on the offseason with campaign coming over and talking the drew holiday trade to boston from portland so go to the bucks feed are you recording one in six anytime soon jordan Oh, we uh, no. We did. It was the last one was the we dumb. Teased it. We teased it. Go listen to your to Jordan and Adams interview with Mike Dunlap. More, more so, Adams. It, <laughs> I, I'm. Oh, I was mad at you. I wanted to hear you giddy as a little schoolgirl talking to Mike Dunlap. I had to read it in and lived up to everything that I could have hoped for, and I was just an innocent bystander. It was really good. Really good interview with Mike Dunlap. So go listen to that on the Bucks feed. Um, a new make time for this episode dropped today. Talking about um, Wes Anderson's return uh, with a masterful collection of rolled doll short stories, um, which I'm pretty sure is uh, features Benedict Cumberbatch. I'm pretty sure is who's in yes, that. Yes, I, I think that's who is. Yeah, so go check that out. They always do some good stuff over there. I'm currently running through a personally curated Spooktober uh, letter block letterbox list that Adam made me, and I'm having a magnificent time. So. With all that being said, go check out gspn.info um, for all the links to all the pods. 
Thank you all for listening. We'll be back um, with you Monday night, maybe live, just maybe, um, for the post game of the the Raiders game. Hopefully, celebrating a win. And for all, everything else, like we said, go check us out. Um, GSPN.info. Check us out on Twitter at New Mexico's Known, at Jordan Tresky, at Packers GSPN. And uh, again, thanks for listening. And Jordan, thank you. Thank you. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.